Hello, this is Danny from Beyond the Grave. D- Danny, can can you hear us? Can you communicate with us? Can you see me? Can you hear me? If if you can hear my voice, flick the lights on and off. I guess that's not energy sufficient. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we we hear you, and we can tell by your knocks you're pissed. And the light just went out. Oh my gosh! Hi, I'm Danny, girl, and I'm Damika, and I'm grabbing and, my purse and get out of here. We're biracial unicorns, and Damika is in the dark. The spooky so We are. We're spooky soding. Mm. Um, I don't know if any of that at the beginning is going to work. We'll see. No, no, yeah. no. It worked for us because we can see us, but we'll, we'll include you. We are trying to set a mood. The light I have been using for, I don't know, two, three years, every time I try to talk and research about the spooky sode, keeps going out. Which is the spookiest part of this yeah, episode. I, I love know. it. Yeah, this is great. I have never had any problem. It's, it has a full battery. You can even see, like, right here. You can see it's at 95. 95. It's completely plugged in. The cord is completely and utterly fine. Okay. <laughs> this is nuts. All right. Anyway, October, we have made no qualms that we love, love, love this time of year. We desperately want to be true believers. <laughs> But we've talked about our cynicism, but I think our joy trumps our, our our cynicism constantly. And we just really enjoy telling a really good tale. So instead of our usual nostalgic, geeky, nerdy share, we are going to swap spooky stories. Yes. So this week, we're going to hear a spooky story from Damika. So... I was so incredibly excited to do this. And so I've been kind of putting stories in my mind and I knew I wanted to stay close to my new hometown, the Pacific Northwest. My struggle is where do you begin? You can go the serial killer route because there's plenty of that. <laughs> you can go with mining, logging stories, uh, shipment stories gone wrong because there's so, so many. Yeah, or I mean, just the fact that we all live in stolen lands throughout this country. <laughs> like, Girl. all this land is cursed. Girl, I can't even tell you. I was up to my eyeballs and where do I begin in bringing to Danny to bring to the show something really juicy and good. So I decided to go back to the roots and try to check as many boxes off. We've got hauntings, we've got graveyards, we've got medical misdoings because today we, let me get my notes out, are talking about Northern State Mental Hospital. Ooh. Actual abandoned mental hospital. Mm, yeah. Juicy. Uh, it's plump, girl. So we're going to be in Cedro Woolley, Washington, which is so much fun to say. And it would sound really super delightful if it wasn't horrifically haunted. For those who are not familiar with the Pacific Northwest, that's going to be about an hour and a half north of Seattle. So it's really still kind of in the heart of Western Washington. So very lush very green. Any of those people who are obsessed with twilight, they don't exaggerate. It's these ancient, gorgeous tall trees and also signature gray skies. 
I found it really interesting at the amount of mental health facilities that we have in the Pacific Northwest, considering <laughs> how that is real, my yeah, friend. It's so real. It's so real. And it's just this very fact. During the the early 1910s, they were having an issue with overcrowding mm. <laughs> mental health institutions. It was pretty intense. And so we had Cedro Woolley, this little town in Washington, who was also kind of struggling financially. So they're saying, hey, look, we want to build another state-of-the-art, top-of-the-line mental institution for the criminally insane, right? Right. They won the the bid for it, and now it's going to be the beautiful North State Washington Mental Health Facility. It was then the biggest one there. And when I tell you this place was deluxe, they wanted to make this place sustainable. It was said that a lot of the uh, outsiding grounds equaled up to 700 acres, but other places are quoting about 1,200 acres upon the building and the remaining lands and facilities for this whole entire hospital. So it's huge, huge. The lands are green and lush and hilly. On this mental institution, they wanted to make it sustainable because they were practicing occupational therapy. So let's jump into the mind of 1912. We want to help mentally unstable and mentally unwell people. So they had uh, farms. They had a huge dairy area. They had a mill, a canning vicinity. Like it was, they really could. Once you were there, you never really had to leave. They A gymnasium. It was even rumored they had like a baseball team. It was huge, absolutely massive. Now, let's still remember why they needed this place in in the first place. It was crowded in other places because what qualified as mentally ill and mentally unwell and or insane in 1912? Well, just about anything, right? You have depression, mental institution, ADD, ADHD, mental institution, menopause you could be committed for that mm. uh, uh, queer or even foreigners could be actually sent to these mental institutions in order to treat cope or deal or simply just forget and i don't think this is anything groundbreaking of whatsoever unfortunately this was a very common place not in just this institute, but in many institutes across the country, knowing how to deal and cope or cure the mentally ill was becoming um, a hot ticket, <laughs> a very lucrative business. And it really, really was. People were really fascinated with the mind and the inner workings of it. And it seemed like for a while, occupational therapy was working. People were working in the cannings, they were picking berries, being able to feed themselves completely by what was off of the land. People were learning trades and they were actually saying a fair amount of people who were coming into the vicinity were actually leaving, which was once again a really uh, positive marker of saying that their actual treatments were working. I will have to send you photos, but the building is gorgeous and it is, it stretches over such vast parts of the land. They have the main hospital that's kind of further out and it looks so regal. Apparently the sons, I don't want to get this right, of the man who designed the Central Park in New York City, apparently they're the ones who designed these grounds. So you can imagine they really took into account the the atmosphere and nature and try to put that into it. Well, of course, all good things kind of have to come to an end. Around 1950s is where the um, 
(laughs) The overuse of electroshock therapy really started to take an uptick. People were saying that they were really uh, seeing positive feedback in this kind of treatment. So we didn't just have electroshock therapy in the 1950s. We also had lobotomies, insulin-induced comas, and sterilizations. They were saying it was like a revolving door with lobotomies. They were saying that estimated maybe over 2,000 lobotomies might have been given at this particular vicinity. But of course, those numbers are really hard to quantify. This place between the grounds, the backstories, and the works of these questionable doctors gives me really strong One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest vibes, right? A lot of people are saying this building was a lot of the inspiration and these institutes. Some people say it was more Oregon, but it's the Pacific Northwest that really kind of catapulted and put that story and many other stories on the map. With so much grueling medical brutality, it really did make for a a perfect concoction for for haunting. This vicinity, like so many other, around the 70s, people not only demanded different techniques uh, of ways of doing alternative medicines, people kind of like lost luster of the whole locking people away, never seeing them again, mental institution. And in the 70s, it lost funding. This massive, massive grounds lost funding and it became abandoned. It's crazy. You can still see in a lot of photos where it just kind of looks absolutely just abandoned. One day it was there and the next it wasn't. They're uh, saying at the peak of this establishment, there was anywhere between 2,000 and 2,700 patients plus over a thousand workers. So this was really detrimental to, to the economy, to the people, and most importantly, the patients. So the building itself, the hospital, of course, has a lot of activity that I really want to get into. And of course, the Washington State, which I love. I love, what do they do with this old, ancient, abandoned area and acreage with this horrific pass? Let's turn it into a hike. (laughs) I, I absolutely love that. They decide to turn this into a recreational park that consists of the farmlands, the mills, and just beyond that, an abandoned graveyard. So here they're saying that there were possibly up to 1,500 unclaimed bodies, souls, left into this area with very few grave markers. The few grave markers they did have had maybe a few initials and, of course, the patient's number. Many who go and explore these areas often report feeling a presence following them. They can constantly feel pools of intense cold where they, the surrounding, surrounding areas or the ambient temperature being quite warm. People have been so moved and overwhelmed by the amount of these unclaimed bodies that there have been websites and investigations gone into trying to find names for these participants, for these patients in order to give their souls some final rest. If that wasn't enough, the cannery that's also on the farm grounds, they went in to investigate and clean and they found can after can after can of unmarked coffee cans of ashes, equaling up to what might be about 200 bodies that were sent in their crematorium and just stashed in cans. It's too much. 
that's 1,700 people that have been forgotten and been completely unnamed. So we have people who are searching for the names of these lost souls, but there have been so many people drawn to this amazing building, not only just for the history and the architect, but those who are very uh, akin to the paranormal. It's actually interesting. I didn't know this. This this uh, vicinity was an episode of Ghost Hunter, which I always have mixed feelings about this show. But they originally came in there to debunk any kind of haunting from the groundskeeper. When they went to this vicinity, they were able to... Um, explain bangings and hissings and pipe because there's these massive tunnels that go actually underneath the whole grounds. But there are things that they couldn't quite explain. A lot of humming within the vicinity that they can hear in the hospital. And of course, the continuing story of the little girl with the red ball. It is said within the main building, within the longest stretch of the hallway, there is a little girl, probably no bigger than nine, that it's constantly chasing after a red ball. This story correlates with ones that have been spoken by nurses that worked there in the 1930s, once again another story in the 1950s, and also when the building was being evacuated when the building was closed. It was a little girl running after a little red ball, concentrated without laughing. On the other side of the hallway, there will also be a shadowy figure who looks like he's looking for the little girl chasing the little red ball. This is one of the very connecting stories that many numerous people have said that they have experienced the little girl with the red ball. The other experience that we have seen is a lot of shushing and humming coming from the attic. It was really interesting because the story goes, and there's evidence still if you go up into the attic, of inmates that had gone up there and tried to start a fire. And when the nurse came in there, there was shushing and trying to swat and get away. And you can still hear the the shushing and the flapping and the fussing of someone trying to corral people out of there. They're saying within the addict area, you feel a horrible sense of hostility and you can still smell embers and smoke. You also hear low scratching and scuffling of feet. Probably the... Most also occurring there is once again the humming. Lots of humming that you'll hear coming up and down to the hallways. A lot of shadows moving and a a famous one that they have named Fred, who they said is quite jovial and a trickster. Fred likes to throw things that are still left within the building like sheets or even old books or things that are left on tables. Because the grounds itself, starting in the 90s, began to still be used, it's used for job corps and also uh, for addiction as well. There's this hodgepodge of buildings where they'll have a fully usable building right next to an absolutely dilapidated one. Mm. It's so, so interesting. It's absolutely gorgeous. But because of that, it's been a little bit more difficult to fully investigate some of these areas. But the pictures that they have and been able to take of the old style gurneys and lamps and rooms have been just absolutely haunting and eerily beautiful, especially because there's a lot of uh, blackberry bramble that's kind of coming and reclaiming the hospital. And I always love seeing nature kind of be like to reclaim its own land. But it's, I think what really gripped me about the story is not just the sheer amount and longevity of the, of the haunting and the different cases that people have. But I think it's ultimately what's actually really scary to me is what is 
what can be and constitutes as being done to people and how we treated mental illness <clears throat> and the amount of people that are still still at unrest. And I, I think slowly but surely we're trying to remedy that. And people to this day are still really enjoying, especially the farmlands. That's the area that's become the hike and that you can still enjoy. Mm. But the stories from there are just are just amazing. A lot of shadowy figures that uh, follow people around that, like I said, a lot of temperature dropping, a lot of weird things moving. People who go at night seem to report someone who has a lot of following them. So it's interesting. I I don't know if I would go there. <laughs> that was going to be my question. When are you planning your trip? I know. I definitely think it would be enjoyable to go in the day. <laughs> I, I, I think I don't really, be such a chicken, Damika. I, I have to live. I have to live. <laughs> it's not even about it's not me about being a chicken. I'm a mother. <laughs> mm. Yeah, you're using that shield, aren't you? I sure am. <laughs> I sure am. Because we have we, you know, who's going to take who's going to take care of her if, any, if a ghost gets me? <laughs> if a ghost gets you. And what kind of like origin story does that make for my daughter? Ooh. <laughs> Right, <laughs> a mental ghost got my mama. But I, I would like to venture out to the graveyard area. I think I'd be more overwhelmed with sadness. Mm. I think than fear of just. I don't know why we value the end of death so much. Of you know, I think we talked about my dad's from the south, and they take burial and death really seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, it's really common. It's like the baby, oh, you're going to have a baby. Cool. Where are they going to be buried? It's very mm-hmm. interesting. They buy the plot of land and families together really early. And maybe that's something part of me where I think not only where it's just in a very disrespectful way, but unmarked and unknown. And they had to put stones in the caskets in order to keep them from floating away in this marsh kind of swampy land. Yes. Oh, oh, yeah. So let, let's let's not even think about bodies that have just been washed away. Yeah. Once again, it's Washington State. It's really wet here, y'all. It's not an under. It's not an overstatement. Yeah, so. that reminds me a lot of just to piggyback on creepy stories yeah. on creepy stories. In Denver, there's like this rather large park downtown. And my sister was telling me that it actually was a graveyard for a long time. And then the state or the city bought the land back and wanted to turn it into a park. And so there was this whole, whole thing where they were going to move all these graves and uh, they hired this undertaker to do it. And then he was like cutting the bodies up into three pieces and putting them in three separate coffins so that he could charge three times (gasps) for the body. And so they found out that this was happening. And so they halted the project and then they just never got a new person to do it. Like there were literally graves that had been like (gasps) dug, like coffins exhumed, like, and, and they didn't do anything. And then they like let it sit for like a while and then they just turned it into a park without moving the rest of the graves. So, Aww. like, you go to this really nice park and then you think about it, about all these graves underneath the park, like, just there in, in downtown Denver. Uh, what is that? They had something similar where I lived in um, England where it's like, oh, this is Castle Hill and it had this this battle was held here. I'm all battle. 
did y'all clear here? So we're playing on bones? Oh, is that what we're doing now? It's just, uh, there's something to that. It's just so disrespectful and so ultimately sad. And if you can think about it, another thing that drew me to this story is once again, of just what people could be and how people could be labeled mentally unwell Mm. or insane or things that are not just treatable, like very normal. Can you imagine going through menopause and being like, get ye to an assail asylum? Like, yeah, well, girl snicker. And hiss. <laughs> Girl, I mean, they were just looking for excuses to lock women up. So. Don't even, I can't even imagine how many immigrant women of color. Oh, sure. You don't speak English? You sad? We never want to see you again. And that's the thing, too. As many people that they said that they tried to rehabilitate and get out, I mean, just twice as many would stay there and they would never leave the grounds. You know, they would just spend the rest of their lives there. And girl, I mean, check and, and even using the straight jackets, girl, they made them there. They would make them there, make them make them, and then they would wear them. It was just absolutely insane. So it's, and then don't even get me started on the sterilization, which once again, this was not just this particular mental institution. This was something that was done across the board and mm. mental institutions, which is actually, it's that very topic is kind of coming back up into the news again when talking about mental stability and sterilization. And so it's just crazy that even in 1912 and then in 1950 and then here in 2021, we are still underneath the horrific stigma on how to deal with mental illness of people who are battling mental just mental issues that we just so uncomfortable and we just want them to be put away and go somewhere else where we don't have to deal with it and it just that's all that's all society's problems though and you know mm-hmm. it like mm-hmm. ugh. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. so there was just this sad sad ugh about it but there was on youtube there was one particular team that went there and caught some really gorgeously creepy photos of just old gurneys and old lights within the hue and why are all mental facilities painted this off mint green inside and we forgot about you yellow like why is it those two colors that are in like all buildings and this this tile that nobody wanted but it's there's a the size of the rooms also get to me as well of all the the housing areas that are there just so small and so oppressive uh it's too much would you go would you walk around go sure sure i'd go would you go in the tunnels yeah I would totally hit the tunnels. I mean, I think I'd be most excited is the wrong word. I would definitely want to see the graveyard. Mm. Because, yeah, I think graveyards are always full of emotion. Mm. And I I just, I like, I like graveyards. But yeah, I would be interested in just the way you were describing it of like these buildings that are like newer or restored or currently in use like right next door to like these old buildings there's something about that juxtaposition that i'm like really drawn to it's really crazy there's one there's quite a couple that have like there's one that was like a obviously like a laundry building right and it has the laundry chute and that and the brambles are crawling up the chute right and these Mm -hmm. windows are tiny and broken and right next to another building that's being used for people it's just one of those things of like yeah how they pick and choose to 
update and use it is really interesting and what keeps them from going into certain buildings and others is I find it really fascinating. And I think we're only going to get only the partial truth, you know, and I think the more spotlight that there's on this building, and I think there needs to be because I think we need to be respectful, not only just naming the patients that were there, but making sure that we do not repeat the same tragedies that mm. have been done to these people. It will it will be interesting. I'm glad. It's one of those things of once I found it, it's like, yeah, there were some podcasts, some articles, some highlights, but not not a deep enough diet. Like I wanted more. I wanted more specific doctor names. I wanted that. But I think I've just kind of hit the tip of the iceberg, really. Yeah. Yeah. That reminds me, too, of the the old mental health hospital, mental hospital here in Albuquerque that's now an upscale hotel. <laughs> Y'all leave. I, I think Ma- about the ghosts wandering those halls quite often. Do you think they ask for tells? I mean, I guess, like, if you... <laughs> it's too dark. It's too dark. I'm going to stop that. You can tell me when we're done. <laughs> and so that's the Northern State Mental Hospital in Washington State, y'all. So if you're a hiker that likes haunting... Go. We should, like, uh, we should, like, put a a link like a google pin to it in our mm. in our show notes we should we really really should and i'll have to link the youtube one because they took some they went to the farm graveyard canning vicinity and the hot because they're two separate areas mm. right and yeah. so like i said i mean this is over i mean massive amounts of acreage here it's it's yeah absolutely it sounds beautiful. huge it's absolutely huge and like i said it's so even it's dilapidation it's still really beautiful creepily beautiful so yeah definitely especially with it being fall curl the trees Mm. it sounds amazing it'd be about like two hours for me but it Mm. might be worth the drive there might of course there's probably spooky places all along going oh i'm sure you can make a whole spooky loop of it i'm sure (laughs) spooky loop spooky loop all right friends we want to hear all about your spooky loops local to you (laughs) can send them to us all the usual ways check our show notes for those details and we'll be back next week with a full episode and in two weeks for another spooky so stay safe stay spooky